0: For obvious reasons, we keep this place as gloomy as possible. Welcome to Mind Popper's Podcast. <laughs> we are as a people, people inherently and historic, historic, opposed to secret societies. Once you get used to these grim surroundings, you'll never leave. No, 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 nobody ever does. We continue now with tonight's case, Conspiracy. Now. Now. now, listen, listen. Welcome back to the Mind Poppers Podcast. (laughs) This episode, you know what? I saw a movie, right? And I'll tell you the movie at the end. I saw a movie this week, okay, that had me thinking about underground, okay? Because the thing is, right, nobody in general, you know, nobody wants to have a run-in with some paranormal creature, you know, dark entity, or anything of that kind, you know, that goes without saying. Now, where is the worst place in the world to have one of these, you know, crossing of paths, okay? We might say a graveyard, we might say an abandoned mental asylum, an old convent, anywhere in Roscommon, the woods, y- you get what I'm saying, okay, all equally creepy places, especially at night, you know, I grant you that, however, I've seen enough movies, right, this Halloween in particular, um, to come to the realisation that the worst place to actually run into an entity, okay, <laughs> is under the ground, like catacombs, tombs tunnels a bunker caves and mines if you've ever seen a horror movie when people go under the ground for whatever reason they inevitably end up getting their shit rocked okay a horror movie under the ground okay like you're hearing noises you know you're clambering through narrow little tunnels passages getting blocked off you know rock fall all that kind of shit there is always something following you and it becomes this big race you know to the surface before whatever you know creeper lurking around the tunnels gets its hands on you and you know it has its way with you i'm assuming okay there's so much, there's so much more added stress to, like, an underground paranormal attack than there is on the surface, okay? Like, you know that if you're going, if you're going anywhere into the depths, okay, of the earth, cave, mines, etc., catacombs, okay, and you're doing some sort of paranormal thing, okay, you know that the torch that you bring down with you is suddenly going to lose power at some point, okay, when you're walking through them caves, Then you take out like your lighter, you know, anything for a bit of light, you know, you know, Um, and you know, okay, the minute that you take out that little lighter and flick the flame to life, some ugly motherfucker is going to be right there in front of your face, ready to fuck you up. Okay, it's also very claustrophobic. Okay, I like my hauntings in a nice spacious area, okay, underneath God's blue sky and Mary Lou MacDonald's Green Green Grass. <laughs> um like I said, I do have the perfect scary cave movie for you, which I'll, I'll tell you at the end of the episode, okay? I watched it like two weeks ago, and this is why I'm even thinking of any of this, okay? Now, this episode, okay, it had me looking into a particular I guess, creature or, you know, some folklore that's been happening in the mines, okay? So, imagine that you're hundreds of meters below the ground, okay? You're in a dark, cramped tunnel, exhausted from a day of mining tin ore, okay? Maybe some coal, what have you. And that's when you hear a faint tapping sound further down the tunnel maybe it's just your imagination but you swear as you look down there you can see a dark shape moving about an even blacker shadow against the darkness of the pit you shine your lamp to get a better look but of course there is nothing there and yet that knocking sound persists in fact you swear it's getting closer and then a series of loud knocks on the wall right next to your head. That's if you've had enough, okay? You bolt out of there, leaving your equipment behind, and you never enter the mines again. You've had a close encounter with a creature called a knocker, okay? A strange entity said to inhabit the mines of Devon and Cornwall, okay? <laughs> Now, obviously, when I found out that the creatures were called knockers, I mean, when I hear the word knockers, I'm thinking of big American knockers, you know? Um, And then I was obviously thinking, I was like, I wonder why they actually refer to big breasts, okay, big old naturals as knockers, you know? I like it, I do, but I didn't know why. Apparently, okay, just a little, little side meander, but... It was actually in the 18th century when they started calling breasts knockers. Um, Because in the 18th century, there was loads of different sign terms for breasts. They were called ditties, okay, which again made a resurgence. Um, Duckies, which I hadn't heard. Droopers. um, Cupid's kettle drums. And then finally knockers. And they they possibly, they trace it back maybe. I mean, they know that they had the, the term for breasts knockers in the 1800s. They theorize that maybe because, uh, some breasts were kind of shaped, uh, they were kind of in the shape of some door knockers of the period, and that's how they became knockers, (laughs) which I kind of love, okay? (laughs) Now, the knockers, okay, the the knockers in the mines, okay, or sometimes referred to as knackers, okay, the knackers in the mines, (laughs) right uh, they were they were nothing like um supple ample bosom okay that we've all become accustomed to that we all love um but these knockers they were said to be they were supposed to be grotesque humanoid creatures okay similar to what we might think of as a gnome or a goblin but it was weird because they were said to kind of dress in like a in a parody, in a mockery of traditional miners gear, okay, um, so they would be, you know, like, walking around dressed like little miners, um, and now, like, most often, according to this folklore, like, you, you wouldn't see them as much as you'd hear them, okay, they'd have, like, their, you know, their rhythmic knocking sounds, they were all, it was often seen as, like, you know, be- benevolence, you know, that they were they were helping the miners, you know, and the miners could follow these knocks and they'd be, like, led to rich veins of tin ore and, you know, other minerals that they were mining. Other times, the knocking would warn of, like, impending cave-ins or, or bad air gas, you know, that kind of a thing. Now, on other occasions, the knockers would be mischievous or even downright sinister, Okay, they were said to steal miners' equipment, and sometimes the knocking would lead people into dangerous areas. Okay, now, in order to keep the knockers on their good side, miners would often throw their last bite of their lunch into the mine shaft as an offering. Okay, some miners even made like little clay effigies, which is kind of like a little totem, okay, like a statue of the knockers. Okay some clay knockers to, you know, just in honour of them, to pay reverence to them, you know, again, just to keep the knockers on their good side, okay, (laughs) um, now there's a couple of rules as well, you know, um, whistling was said to aggravate the knockers, the knockers did not appreciate whistling, okay, so the miners would avoid whistling while they worked, um, and like, while nobody really knows who the knockers were, you know, there's different theories of whatever, like, you know, trapped spirits are they are they demonic, you know, were they like people of an earlier civilization who lived in the earth? Some people theorize that they could have been the the, the ghosts of Jewish slaves that were brought over by the Romans and forced to work in the mines. Um, but in the 1800s, okay, again. Where we got the term knockers from, okay? Well, no, it was knockers. Yeah, the term knockers came in the 1800s. And we also had these knockers, okay? (laughs) I don't know if there is any connection between these spirits and big-breasted women. I would like to think there is, but I have yet to find a correlation, right? But in the 1800s, when the miners from England and Wales traveled to the USA, they took this um, folklore with them or the idea of the knockers or perhaps they were already over there all along and were just able to kind of put a na- put their name to it you know because when they went to the to the gold mines of north america um these knockers became known as the tommy knockers okay and of course um as it is with any good folklore um there are like similar stories you know similar stories but they're told by different cultures all over the world you know which is what's very interesting about the knocker story the knocker phenomenon is because it really has touched every corner of the globe okay because in Germany as far back as the 16th century miners told tales of cobalt okay and these were like unfriendly goblin like creatures that lived in the rocks and they made a distinctive knocking sound when nearby and would trick miners into digging what looked like valuable metal ores but it would like release toxic fumes when they smelted it um they referred to this blue right this blue metal this strange blue metal as cobalt ore right and this is how the chemical element cobalt got its name, you'll be interested to know, maybe not, (laughs) because when you burnt them, then it would like give like arsenic fumes or whatever, and again, they were saying was the way of these like knockers, you know, way of tricking and trying to kill the miners, Um, again, similar to the Cornish knockers, the German miners would leave, you know, offerings, Um, this time though, the Germans were leaving gold and silver in hopes of appeasing the kobolds okay and that I'll tell you like people again it's it's very easy for people now to look back and be like oh that's crazy you know that people used to like believe that or whatever or was it always just like you know an old wives tale that you like look back and think now but these people they like believed this to be a reality like they took this as a reality like leaving offerings you know building little statues of of the knockers throwing, you know, the rest of their lunch for the knockers, fucking leaving gold and silver, you know, making it rain on these knockers, okay, like, people really, really believe this, people really, really bought into this, you know, Um, and you know what, I guess to me, it just seems like being a miner, okay, was a fucking lot, in, in every period of time, being a minor just seemed like a pain in the fucking ass, okay? Like, I have never seen a movie, right, with a happy minor, ever, you know? They're always covered in coal dust or, or whatever it may have been. They're You know, they're black, okay? They always seem stressed the fuck out, okay? Someone is always crushed I like falling rocks in these movies, okay? There's always some poor woman, okay? Like standing there being like, you know, please tell me, you know, is Danny okay? Is Danny okay? Kind of a thing. And like Danny's mangled body is lying at the entrance to the mine, okay? And she's like, will he be okay, doctor? Will he be okay? And his head is just after eczema loading like a watermelon, okay? He is not okay. And you know, it seems like a tough fucking life, okay. And the miners long. Don't get me started on the miners long, okay. I was reading something with these miners, and apparently, like it was not uncommon for them to live to the age of forty nine years old and die then forty nine. Okay, work all their life in the mine and die at forty nine. What kind of life is that, okay? And of course, you had the depression of working long, hard shifts in in the darkness you know, and of course, of course, of course, of course, you have to have a troubled relationship with your son, okay, I have never seen a movie about a coal miner, okay, where the father and son have a healthy relationship, okay, because the the boy wants to do anything, but go to work in that fucking line. I mean, anything, okay? And then the dad is like, no son of mine is going to go to digital marketing. <laughs> like some sort of pansy, you know? It's very stressful all the ways around, okay? And then it seems like overkill to, to throw in some sort of demonic activity into the mix, okay? Paranormal activity, whatever you want to call it, okay? Uh, like, these people have suffered enough. They need some sort of sag after strike for the miners. <laughs> um, again, we're going to look at the Ukraine, okay? The Ukraine have the Shubin, okay, which is a ghostly spirit that, depending on, obviously, what stories you hear, like the Knockers, is either a protective entity that warns miners of dangers and leads lost men to the surface, or it's an evil spirit leading men to their dooms, okay, and causing terrible accidents. I guess it's kind of similar to the Irish fairy in many ways, because again, you see the the good fairy and the bad fairy. You know, you kind of like a changeling snatching little kids, did little kids doing whatever, you know, causing trouble, cursing people, and then you seem to have like a, a good fairy. Okay, that might offer a blessing or a protection or, you know, maybe even grant you a wish, okay? So it seems to be very same with the knockers, okay? They seem to be quite duplicitous, you know? Um, and again, you can see it in Slavic mythology, right? I think, what is it called? They're, like, called kosair or something like that. In this, they're, like, basically they're small gnome-like creatures, again, you know, that inhabit the mines, And again, can be protective or dangerous, you know, whether you get on their good or their bad side, you know. They, you know, apparently they will warn miners of danger, you know, if you're on their good side and lead them, you know, to rich veins of rock, if please. But then again, they are also offended by people whistling or throwing rocks, okay. You never throw a rock in a Slavic mine, okay, because these, um, the Corsairs, they're known to push people into, into deep into the pits if they get angry. Okay. <laughs> Peru, okay. Has the Muki, okay, which is a sort of goblin, kind of goblin elf like creature that lives underground and wears mining gear. Again, it's weird as to why the mining gear. Cuz again like we've seen with these British knockers, okay, these big British knockers. Bruh, it seems like the, the wearing of the miner gear that these creatures would already be wearing mining gear. It's weird. Is it like a mockery thing? Is it a mimicry thing? We don't know. They don't know. There doesn't seem to be any answers as to why. Because oftentimes they're not really believed or perceived to be, like, say, the ghosts of miners who have died. They seem to kind of be non-human, whatever they are, whatever entity they are, wherever they come from, they seem to be non-human. So the wearing of the mining clothes is a kind of a thing people guess is it for people is it for these creatures to to blend in to, to fit in is it a mockery thing again it, it poses so many more questions than answers okay um, but like I was saying you had this like Mookie in Peru do you know um, and again, was said to often help the miners by softening rocks making it easier to dig or warning them of dangers whatever but then again can also cause big cave-ins and other disasters if displeased okay now apparently what the miners in Peru do is they make deals with the Muki okay they go and they leave like offerings of cocoa leaves and alcohol in exchange for their help Again, in the mines of Cerro Rico in Bolivia, they've built many effigies to an entity they call Ito, right? And it's like this big, it looks very demonic, like this big kind of like demonic statue, you know, this big demonic looking creature, again, which has the power to either be protective or destructive. So then, of course, the miners try and gain favor, and each day the miners will leave offerings, again, alcohol, cigarettes. Cocoa leaves in hoping for its protection villagers will even okay in bolivia will even slaughter um a llama and offer its heart to this creature in order to further win its favor okay despite that around 14 men die every month in the Cerro rico mines okay so, like it still is an extremely dangerous jobs people are still in extremely harsh conditions okay it's seen all around still fucked up you know even in the uk there are multiple versions of of the knockers okay of these underground entities okay Wales has the buca or the cobbling eye um this is another short goblin like creature that leads miners to veins of you know metal or whatever through this distinctive knocking sound okay and then the pits of northern England have the blue cap okay and this creature that appears as a blue flickering light in the darkness and leads miners to rich veins okay and it could also push heavy coal laden carts to the surface right it was actually interesting Because an account in the the Colary Guardian, okay, which is in 1863, some sort of mining newspaper, mining newsletter, I guess, okay? But it's stated in that, right, that this blue cap spirit or entity, whatever it was, was considered such a valuable worker, okay, in these mines. Again, this non-human entity that was seemingly doing a lot of work, okay? This blue cap spirit, it received a full miner's wages, okay, a full miner's wages, and it was left for it every fortnight, these the full, like two weeks wages or whatever, were left for it every fortnight in the corner of the mine, again, it it being just some sort of spirit, okay, (laughs) which is crazy, right, but it's interesting that there are so many, um, I guess, similar stories when it comes to paranormal experiences underground okay especially in the mines okay nearly every corner of the world has a similar experience with entities in mines um and it's weird because these entities usually have like you know they usually behave similar as we've just heard okay and they even share like similar physical characteristics at times so the thing is is it just like similar superstitions traveling around the world? Or a more interesting theory, a sexier theory, is it some sort of primal memory tucked away in the collective consciousness or collective unconsciousness, okay? Meaning, is whatever is down there in the minds, be it big old knockers or whatever you want to call them, going back thousands of years, did humans have you know, some sort of bad run-in with these creatures underground at one point in time that it scarred human memory for generations to come, and that's why all these cultures have a similar experience or come up with a similar folklore, you know? That, to me, I'm like, okay, we could be onto something there, okay? Now, I have a few stories from things happening in the mines, some true accounts, Okay? Uh, it was actually from a book, and I'll leave a link to the book if you want to read more about it, um, but a book was called Brian Long, or sorry, the book was by Brian Long, and it was called uh, Presence at the Pit, okay, and Brian Long went and he compiled all these different stories from from miners who, who worked in pits, mostly in England, okay. Now, his first story was titled The Conveyor Belt of Change. Now, these are all First-hand experiences, okay, that he, I guess, met up with people and and listened to their stories, right? So the first one goes, two of us were riding the belt out of Markham. Me and Snowy, we were both exhausted. The belt was wet and muddy, and the goods hung low, so we had to lie down in a black, sticky, wet mess. I dreamt of a cold, foaming pint in the club. I just make last orders, God willing. Suddenly, something happened, which had a lifelong effect on me. Out of nowhere, just in front of us, something rushed over the conveyor belt. It was a shape that was too hard to make out, as it went so fast, but it also glowed. And as it dashed over in front of us, in front of our noses, there came with it the most haunting, shrill what i describe as a scream as it passed by then nothing i quickly turned to snowy and he just lay there with his eyes and mouth wide open then almost together both of us in unison said and i'll keep it clean what the hell was that walking to the showers afterward me and snowy just Kept looking at each other. Okay, how you doing? (laughs) Nice (laughs) cock! We just kept looking at each other. What the hell was that? And we just kept shaking our heads. Snowy went long-term sick through stress-related issues and never worked there again. He swears... It had nothing to do with the encounter, but I am sure that it had everything to do with it. As for me, I carried on working there, but refused to ever ride a conveyor belt again. Now, again, these people, okay, these men, these men's men, working down the mines, they don't seem like the people who would easily scare because, you know, they work in a stressful job all the time, you know, Um, they're probably very physically fit, um, and for them to be scared of something. Again, these people who spent all the all their lives in the mines. And yet to be able to see something that they can't explain and something to scare them so much. To me, it just adds credibility to, well, we don't know what the story, what what's down there. Be, be them knockers or whatever. Something seems to be going on, okay? Now, another story that he has from the depths of the mine. I should have had a long, fruitful career down the pit, doing a job I fell in love with. However, one particular cold winter's night changed everything. I'd volunteered for the midnight till 8am overtime shifts. I was on my own and I was checking the pumps on the drift, which were several hundred yards in a few unused back roads. As I made my way warily along the low-hanging road, I walked with a stoop as I was wary of the low girders. I pondered having a bite to eat early, and I figured as there was no one around to stop me, why not? I poured out a cup of what we called Miner's Tea. It was black, no milk, plenty of sugar, and to accompany a crushed banana sandwich with a generous sprinkling of sugar. (laughs) Okay, I think they really like the sugar. After several minutes, my cap lamp flickered, as in like the lamp in the helmet, Thankfully, it flickered back to life. I breathed a sigh of relief, because if my cap lamp failed, I was in a pitch-black world with just a faint glow from my safety lamp. I set off up a roadway that was no longer used, but it did house one of the water pumps. Unbeknownst to me at the time, I would never make this trip again. What happened next still keeps me awake at night to this day. I have no shame admitting that I have flashbacks, panic attacks and random uncontrollable bouts of weeping. My lamp flickered again and I felt uneasy. I know I need to check this pump and get out. Trying to keep myself distracted, I hummed to myself and then sang lowly But the echo from my voice just made things worse. As I strained my eyes to look ahead of me, I could see a shape. A shape that shouldn't really be there. It was a dark, shapeless shape, if that makes sense. It was not a miner. It couldn't be. I know I was down there all alone. Besides, there was no light coming from his lamp. The shape was gently moving towards me. The sweat was running down my face. I almost froze. I was totally focused on this shape moving towards me. And suddenly, it seemed to stop. And then, this is difficult to even say, there was the most terrifying, loud, ear-piercing, eerie, high-pitched scream. And totally unexpected the shape rushed towards me and straight through me I felt strange to be honest I can't really explain what I felt I turned around to see where this shapeless thing went I couldn't see anything anywhere it was gone I staggered out to the cage I didn't speak to the onsetter I grabbed the shower I just couldn't comprehend what had happened. To be truthful, I don't think I'll ever recover from that day. The very next day, I handed in my notice. I didn't offer any explanation. I just quit. I never wanted to set my eyes on that place again. Okay, you see? Something is going on in the minds. Something's going on in the minds. Something spooky. Okay, again, it's interesting, we haven't seen any, like, accounts thus far of, like, the kind of, like, little goblin figures or, you know, these, like, little elven figures or anything like that. It seems to be largely these black, massless or shapeless figures that scream very loudly and then rush the person, okay, it's spooky, okay? Like, there's definitely stuff happening down there. I've heard so many weird stories about things under the ground. One story I love and will eventually get around to covering in this podcast, but not today. Again, those things to me sound non-human. But that's not to say that there aren't human spirits down the mine either. Because we can look at Paul Breen mine, okay? Which is an old shaft in the Forest of Dean, right? Had a ghost all of its own. She was known as Dorcas. Okay, she was believed to be the spirit of a woman who had committed suicide by hurling herself down the shaft. Okay, and then she took a malicious pleasure in tormenting the miners. Okay, who sometimes would become so furious with her that they would leave their work and rush after her, but they never caught her. Okay, Dorcas, however, seemed to have a liking for some of the men. Okay, come on, Dorcas on one occasion a man was wielding a heavy hammer when beneath the strokes he had heard his name called sharply and incessantly okay he thought nothing of it at first and went on with his work but the crying became so urgent okay that at last he threw down his hammer and walked in the direction of the sound a half a dozen steps and crash down on the spot where he would have been standing um, a moment before, came a vast mass of rock. So he would have been crushed to death if it wasn't for Dorcas. Okay, now if I had a name like Dorcas, I think I might have been straight down the mine shaft too. <laughs> no offense to all the Dorcas's out there. Okay, <clears throat> now let us not forget. Okay, before we finish up, let us not forget about the most haunted cave in ireland possibly the most haunted cave in the world okay that's owen Niyat cave okay which is believed to be a gateway a gateway to where you may ask well a gateway to hell now i ask you okay if you were listening to this to take a minute and think of ireland Okay? And if there was to be any part on the Emerald Isle, okay, this beautiful green, lush paradise, if there was to be any spot, okay in this country that had a door to the depths of hell underneath it, okay? Where do you think that would be? Now take a second to think about it. Take a second, okay? I'll wait. Yes, you are correct. It is, of course, Ross Common, okay? And I'm sorry to shit on Roscommon, but the long, long, long list of Roscommon's crimes against the rest of the country and the world just grows every day. It truly does. And I'm sorry, but God knows there's no fucking demons coming up through the portal, okay? There is nothing coming up through that portal because the demons, they climb out of the cave, okay? They see Ross Roscommon and they dive straight back down the hole. <laughs> and I don't blame them either, okay? <laughs> if, <laughs> if, hell, this is what I want to know. If hell, right? If hell is underneath... Does that make Roscommon heaven? Okay. That's terrifying. Okay. And fuck me anyway if it does. Okay. Because people will be like, oh, granny's in a better place. Okay. And not if she's in Roscommon, she isn't. Okay. And I don't want to say that. I don't want to like make anyone feel a type of way just in case, you know, because we don't know if Roscommon is what awaits us all. But that's not heaven. Okay. ...when people are like, oh, I just know... ...may she have the warmest bed in Roscommon... ...there ain't no such thing, okay? She's under a bridge, okay? Granny's under a bridge... ...or she's sprawled out on the cobbles... ...but she certainly isn't wrapped up cosy... ...in the kingdom of God, okay? If that's the case... ...and I'm sorry to say it... ...I really am... Um, ...and I'm actually... ...I'm Roscommon neutral, okay? I'm, I'm neutral, okay because we don't know maybe the demons you know at some point in history took over roscommon and then drove the irish people down through the cave maybe that was all along okay that would make sense that the people there now that we would refer to as roscommoners maybe they're the devils and the demons which again would make a lot of sense to me okay but again i'm roscommon neutral now one person we did speak about okay before on this podcast was Queen Maeve when we were kind of doing a little Irish history and folklore the gods and goddesses mythology etc right this cave was actually now there's a lot of stories going on with this cave okay it is plays a very important part in like Halloween it is believed that on the 31st that well it was actually the 1st of November for Samhain that this you know cave in roscommon would act as a, a portal a gateway and that the dead would once again be able to walk amongst the living and it would come through this cave there's a whole lot of different other stories and irish mythology based around this cave okay one of them being that it was alleged to be the birthplace of queen Maeve. okay the legend states right that the fairy queen goddess uh Itain, who was fleeing um, her, her human husband with her fairy lover, Midir. Mm. Uh, they came here, right? Now, Midir wanted to visit um, a relative named Sinok, okay? Which apparently translated as the large-breasted one. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my God. The large-breasted one. And we, we were talking about knockers. <gasps> Isn't that crazy how things just come full circle? It's just like... When you know... You're on the right path. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay, so they came to visit Sinuk, The large-breasted one. Who lived in the cave. And within the cave was said to be... Great otherworldly... A great otherworldly... A palace. A kingdom. A society. Okay. Where a maidservant... Named Crocken... Okay... Uh, the blood-red cup, translated as, lived. And she granted Midir and Itain entrance into the Underworld Palace. And it was there that Crooken was believed to have given birth to a daughter named Maeve. So you have Queen Maeve um, is meant to have her origins from this cave in Roscommon. And also, we, we talked about the Morrigan, okay, that goddess one of my favorite irish goddesses that we spoke about the Morgan, has long ties as well with this cave and would apparently um bring otherworldly cattle okay so that'd be like dead cattle or again just cattle of maybe the fairy realm or whatever these otherworldly cattle apparently she could be seen at sundown bringing this herd of uh the underworld cattle Down back into the caves. Okay, which is kind of (laughs) cool. Now, that's enough about Ross Common. Okay, I don't want to scare you too much. (laughs) I I guess more so on the Patreon have discussed Ross Common in depth. In depth. And we did a live coverage of the Ross Common trial. There was a big Ross Common trial going on recently, and I won't get into it now. It's over on the Patreon. Um, but we, we broke it down, okay, we took it to the Mind Poppers Court of Law. Um, I mean, you've heard of like, you know, like Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp and all that crap. It was nothing like the Ross Common Trial of the Century, I think that's what the episode was called. <laughs> Now, before I give you go, the epis or the, the movie that I was talking about that, in, that had me even thinking about of, of all this underworld crap was a movie called The Descent okay It's an English movie I think it was the descent it's, it was out in 2005 and it was about this group of English girls and one Irish girl okay who go basically like free climbing or whatever into these caves and then of course they come across something in the caves that they weren't expecting. It is, I mean, I guess possibly a knocker, what we would refer to as a knocker, or what some of these, you know, miners have claimed that they've seen down the mines. It is so good, so good, so worth a watch, okay? (laughs) Now, if you want to hear more, you can always subscribe to the Mind Poppers Patreon. We just released our Paranormal Hotline 2023, our best one yet. Uh, thank you again to everyone who submitted all their stories and their voice notes, whatever. It was our best one yet. Um, and then again, the Patreon. We have a new episode every, every week, every Saturday. Things on the Patreon. Access to the docket, which is um, a kind of a mini-series done between myself and Jennifer Claffey of The Red Room. Um, once a month. And then, it's just a place where you can... We can you can say things. You can say a lot of things behind a paywall that you could not get away with saying <laughs> on Spotify. <laughs> so, in the meantime, stay woke. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands.